be advised that this show is not for children, the faint of heart, or the easily offended. The explicit tag is there for a reason. Hey, everyone. We are back from Skepticon, Australia. We traveled down there for a couple of weeks. Uh, this show that I'm going to be playing for you recorded a couple of weeks ago at Skepticon, Australia. I think it was the 19th or 18th of November that we recorded this. We were the last act on stage the first day. It's a little shorter than our normal shows because we only had an hour worth to perform. Uh, there was a little bit of a glitch in the beginning uh, with the mic. So, uh, so there's a, it sort of starts pretty abruptly. Uh, you don't get a chance to hear the announcer make our announcement because there was a couple of seconds of us fiddling around with, uh, with the audio to get it. So the audience could hear our computer and hear us. Uh, but, uh, but we think the show turned out good. It was actually a really difficult show to perform because, uh, the audience was lower than us and it's on a stage where it's hard to hear the audience applause or, uh, hard to hear audience laughter. So there wasn't a lot of feedback, which you normally get with a live show, which was not really as as uh, readily ap- apparent at this venue. So it was a little more difficult to get audience feedback to know what was working. So we don't go off on as many tangents as we normally do because it was hard to uh, sort of gauge where the audience was and what, uh, what was working and what wasn't. Uh, we think it's a pretty good show. It certainly, uh, it certainly has uh, its problems, it being a live show and all. Uh, but we had a wonderful time at Skepticon. The people down there, absolutely wonderful. We had a, uh, a, a great time, not only at the venue, but with everyone that we met. Um, we met tons of people. I had several people come up to me and, uh, and they knew the show. They knew, they knew us and, uh, and they were just welcoming and wonderful people. Uh, I'm sure we're going to, Tom and I will have a full conversation about this on the next show when we record. Tom's not here right now. It's just me. Uh, we'll have a full conversation about what what we experienced down there. Uh, but I really did have a great time. And we want to thank the people who ran Skepticon Australia for letting us come on the main stage. Uh, we also have a citation needed that we released, and that is already out. So if you want to hear that, that came out last week. Uh, that's with, uh, with this a whole citation needed crew did a podcast there as well. So without further ado, this is our Skepticon uh, release. Uh, that we did on stage there. We'll be back next week. Tom reads the Skeptics Creed live, and that's how this ends. It will end with applause, not with our normal uh, outro. Uh, but without further ado, here's the uh, here's the the episode. Start. Let's get Let's started. Let's do this thing. Play some music. My favorite part. Be advised that this show is not for children, the faint of heart, or the easily offended. The explicit tag is there for a reason. That's it. Wow, that's the show. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah! I feel like we nailed that. See, so I'm a little uncomfortable. I gotta do the thing here, right? 
take my shit yeah, out. Yeah, Tom does this every week. Make my so, piles. Yeah. No, yeah, get it out of there. Everything for sure. in my yeah. pockets and very. You know, I I gotta say, um, before we before we start, I don't feel properly prepared. This is an amazing country. Austria is tremendous, by the way. Just, it's, it's awesome. I haven't seen a cuckoo clock yet. I'm still waiting. I don't know where you guys keep them. So it's confusing. But did you know they have this um, uh, traditional yeah. Australian uh-huh. uh, war paint? And you can keep it, you can keep it tucked nicely in your wallet, which I just realized today at breakfast, which is nice because it tastes so much like ass. Anyhow. Is it ribs you know, for her pleasure? It, who cares about her foot? <laughs> oh, that's, no, true. that's not. That's I wouldn't understand that. So um, I do. I do. I am excited about the uh, the war paint. I want to get want to get traditional. You know, this is Australia. I feel like I want to blend in. I don't want your poisonous gonna, shit to bite me. Are you gonna do me. that clap dance that they do? Oh, that Maori yeah, uh, yeah. shenanigans yeah, dance? Yeah. No. <laughs> well, they don't want to see that. Now my hands have. I'm just gonna wipe this on yourself. <laughs> That would have been almost funny. I have to say that we have we've been here. We came last night. Some of you, some of you came out to the skeptical event last night. We met some of you. Yeah, that guy. So a couple of you have heard our show. A round of applause. How many people have heard our show before? Oh! Wait, 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 wait. The whole show? Yeah. <laughs> Thank goodness. Oh my Thank god. <laughs> oh my god. That takes okay. a lot of pressure off. Really? I'm not lie to you guys. Really? Yeah. Oh my god. Okay. All right. All right. Well, let's get started, Tom. You wrote. What? Oh, yeah. Whoa. No, 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 no. I didn't want to step on you. No, God. You want to. No, no. Fuss with shit on the table and try to distract me because I am a consummate professional, motherfucker. Hit it. Recording live. I hope they're recording. Yeah. From fucking Sydney, Australia. Holy shit. This is cognitive dissonance. Every episode we blast anyone who gets in our way, we bring critical thinking, skepticism, and irreverence. <laughs> To any topic that makes the news, makes it big, or makes us mad. It's skeptical, it's political, and there is no welcome mat. This is episode 390. Yes, that's what I was gonna say. Thank you, I knew it. It's a little test, a little test for you, Cecil. Make sure you're comfortable. So before we came down, you had, uh, you had, you had written a quiz for me. I did. Specifically I did. about Australia. So, so we're going to start out with a little. Tom wants to quiz me on Australia, so we'll just we'll just amuse him for a minute. So go ahead. And talk. I just I was concerned that he hadn't done his research. He doesn't do a lot of work around this thing, so you know I just get a little worried. So, so ever since we were announced that we were uh, coming to Oz, you know, you guys have had the good graces to send us emails of all your poisonous, horrifying shit. Thanks for making us feel welcome. That really does yeah, the trick. Oh, no, yeah. That's amazing. I like the guy who sent the, the, the snake that was literally swallowing like a fucking wallaby. That was awesome. Yeah. There's, you literally scared the shit out of like 10 of my friends on Facebook. They sent me private messages that said triggered. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> so I, I, was, I was a little concerned and I, you know, I did a little research. I want to make sure that there's some things to avoid here. So Cecil, which of the following is not an actual creature that lives here and wants you to not live at all? Okay. All right. So, uh, the Gimpy Gimpy tree, a venomous tree whose sting is so excruciating it's been known to kill dogs, horses, and people, and it's so amazingly awful that dried specimens 100 years old can still cause an agony that is like being, quote, and I love this, burnt with hot acid, not quite enough, and also electrocuted at the same time. This is a tree. You married a Gimpy Gimpy tree? (laughs) 
The first one's practice. Yeah, that's true. The first one is practice. Okay, all right. Okay. One of these is not real. Okay. B, the cone snail. It's a boring-looking shelled little sea bug that shoots its fucking teeth at you, and the teeth are filled with neurotoxins. That sounds like the worst blowjob ever, by the way. <laughs> second worst. The, yeah, well, the, if you go back for seconds, it's a lot better. All the teeth. <laughs> 39, I'm not going back for seconds. <laughs> kidding me? The bogan, a species of unfortunately common Australian mammal, which would, if given the opportunity, probably make Australia great again. No. <laughs> From what I'm to understand, the bogan does not have a defined number of teeth or steady employment. See, see, they do have steady employment. Several people last night called me a bogan. They said it meant princess of Australia. (laughs) I am your princess. (laughs) He's been trying to convince us of that for so long. The cassowary. (laughs) That's not a real I know, right? It's uh, one of a number, I guess you need more than one here, of flightless birds. This son of a bitch can outrun you, it can outswim you, and although not protected like the queen's swans, they attack hundreds of people a year, because birds are dicks. Oh, are, are these the ones that were trying to unionize the factory farms? Is that, uh, yeah? They, it, they, they, they were, they were, they were busted by the Bogans, actually, oh, okay. union busted. It's like, they brought them in as, uh, uh, break the unions. The paralysis tick? They don't know what unions are. Don't they? they don't, you guys don't have unions? No, they probably treat people well to start with. The paralysis. <laughs> you only knew that when you need that when you treat people like togs and machines. The paralysis tick this is a fucking tick full of neurotoxins that, just because drinking your blood evidently isn't insulting enough, also fills you with toxins that can kill you after paralyzing. Well, that seems weird. It doesn't seem like a long-term planner. It's like a. Is it from the liberal party down here? <laughs> yeah, that's confusing. By the way, you guys are yeah, gonna swap that. I know you guys are upside down and yeah. backwards or sideways. However, you guys do it down here, but it's it's very confusing. Or finally, um, native to Oz, these small people are known when in a group as a guild. <laughs> often, <laughs> often seen celebrating the death of their enemies with a high-pitched war chant. The most famous of these is named after their favorite candy, the lollipop. Ah. I think, it's, I think it's the final one. I met several little people last night. That's, they like to be called midgets. Oh, they prefer that. <laughs> is that right? I got that. Maybe that's backwards. I so that. what we're going to do for you today is what we normally do when we travel is we bring with us some really funny Americans to play and talk about while we play the clips. But we figured we'd, we're traveling so far away from home, we'd play some people that you're a little familiar with. So today, we're going to be talking, we're going to be playing clips from people that you, you might know. So the first person is a person by the name of Dr. Isaac Golden, who is a homeopath here down in, uh, in Oz. He, uh, do people, people, round of applause, who know what homeopathy is, right? Yeah. We know what homeopathy is. It's basically sugar water. But and, the sugar uh, water swirls backwards. Yeah, 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 yeah exactly. Right, yeah. So we're going to play a, a clip from him, but we're going to do like we normally do and introduce the clip here. How do you like that? My own mother falling for that stuff. Well, you don't know, Larry. Maybe Dr. Kahuha can help her. Doctor? (laughs) That guy's no doctor. He's a quack. All right, so here we go. So here's the first clip. It's him uh, talking about homeopathic vaccinations. So it's lovely to be with you all. I'm actually talking from a hotel room in Havana, Cuba. I'm over here. So it's important to understand right from the start 
what we're going to be talking about is not something that's my invention. It's not some small backyard uh, operation that's been dreamt up by a few people over the years. I gotta say, backyard operation is a weird game. Yeah. You know, like, <laughs> it's, it's hard to get anybody to play it. You know, you cut them open, the neighbors get all weird about that shit. And if it's homeopathy, what's on the tray? Like, what, you just turn to the nurse, you're like, garden hose, <laughs> sugar pills. Like, there's nothing else after that. It's, it's true, it, it, does make the, uh, it does make the cleanup process easier. It's like, so. splash some water. Yeah. No, we already did yeah. that. <laughs> all right. All right. Fair enough. He continues. We're going to be talking about a method that's been around for over 200 years. 1798 was the first time that Dr. Hunman, the founder of homeopathy, used medicines to prevent infectious diseases. And it's been used by millions of people and tens, probably hundreds of thousands of practitioners. Good luck. Just because a lot of people do it doesn't mean it's great. We voted Donald Trump into office. Not even most of us. Yeah, I know. Like, not even all of us. That's the thing. It doesn't, even, it doesn't even matter if it's most of us. It's yeah. a, you know, the thing is, like, being used by lots of people is, that's not generally a good thing. Like, it's not like there's a lot of people. It's like, hey, she's been used by a lot of people. Oh, that's, that's amazing. That's, that's the one we want. The, uh, it's the argument from antiquity, too. You know, like the four humors were around for 2,000 years. I, I rely on the, as I get older, the argument from antiquity is the only argument I'm making at this yeah. point. That's it. <laughs> Including some of the, the greatest and best-known homeopaths of all time. All right, Cecil. The best-known homeopaths. Name one homeopath. I got a couple. Pink Floyd co-founder Roger Waters. Right? Nice. <laughs> Okay, you got me. Famous boxer, Sugar Pill Robinson. That's another one. I don't know any other. I should have known. I should have known you'd come prepared for this. So my small contribution to this uh, is the crook. Aren't, isn't homeopathy the smallest contribution possible? <laughs> don't, don't belittle a small contribution, all right? That's, what, it's... It's a lot of effort. It's still I always whatever. Give, I always whatever. Give move a, on. I give the small contribution with a thank you note. Relatively recent. Might an apology note yeah. I leave on the desk. So yeah, you're gonna anyway. If there's roses or something. I'm just sorry. I'm just I'm just sorry. My first uh, home prophylaxis program, 1985-86, really in an attempt to provide parents who had made a decision that they were concerned about vaccination and didn't want to uh, take the risk, as they saw it, uh, of their children being affected by vaccines, to give them an option uh, that they could use a safe method that was comparably effective to vaccination. Right? I love that this is there to give parents who've made the decision to be concerned. I don't know. Shit, I haven't decided whether to be concerned yet or not. It's, <laughs> that is a dilio. That's a, that's a confusing one. Should I be concerned? Who makes this decision to be concerned? When, when does this work in any other aspect of, of parenting, too? It's like, like will you put one one-thousandth of a Mr. Yuck sticker on Drano? <laughs> what is that homeopathic outlet? tiny little scissors to uh, cut that fucking thing out. A homeopathic outlet cover is like a tiny little... little I, I don't even know what you would do. Right, we don't, we don't we wouldn't parent any other way like yeah. that unless you're you don't take, negligent. You don't take candy so from strangers be, unless right? they give you 1,000 vegetable trays, too. So... I never think of vegetables. It's always when toxic. it comes to safety of homeopathic medicine in general, we know it's not toxic. And people in orthodox medicine agree with that. 
In fact, they say that homeopathic medicine in general can't work because nothing's there. Well, of course, nothing can't be toxic. <laughs> No comment. Out Good. loud and everything. Out loud and everything. <laughs> of course, something is there, but it's not something which is easily measured by the equipment which Orthodox people have at the moment. Well, we might get equipment to measure We have nothing. to go into the future to come back to measure it now? I, isn't every time you tear your scale, isn't it measuring yeah. nothing? Like, oh, what's the, how much of that? Oh, weighs nothing. Because yeah. there's nothing in it. It's going to weigh nothing later, too. That's great. Empathic medicines are medicines of energy. They're prepared through a process of dilution and succussion. Dilution, one drop into 99 drops of alcohol and water. Succussion, violently banging that against a firm surface. <laughs> hold on, hold on. Move her head down. That's oh. rude. Opinion. That's just rude. Violently banging against the firm surface. That's, that's like hiring fun. the fonts to work on your TV. Just hits. <laughs> what do you think? Vaccines are glow sticks? Like you gotta crack it before it works? What is it, a grouchy baby? Yeah. You just, <laughs> just shake the fuck just, out. <laughs> What happens if you take the homeopathic stuff before you succussion it? Do you have to like bungee jump or something? <laughs> you're just, you're, can you succussion it too much? You got somebody who's like working a jackhammer, like, oh, I'm overdosing. Oh, fuck. <laughs> what? We don't actually have a mechanism of action that can be explained in terms that orthodox medicine is familiar with. Eventually we will, but at the moment we don't. We do have those terms. Useless, that's the term. We, we don't have it to explain in terms that, or using any words. We don't have words or machines. There's nothing there. But anyway, it's not toxic, so you don't have to worry about that. It's not going to get sick from not eating that. And if you had like a magic box that cured cancer and you didn't know how it worked, you'd still be like, cool, I'll still use the magic box. It's not the fact that I don't know how it works. Uh, and I think you'd spend some fucking time trying to figure out how your magic box exactly. works, right? Like, you'd be like, hey, I got this magic box that cures cancer. Well, yes, but it kills you. Yeah. And the cancer stopped. Yeah. Oh, you're, you're cured. I guess we already have that. We have that box. So all we can really do is look at whether it works. So in terms of safety, we know Homeopathic immunization is non-toxic and certainly very safe in that regard in both the short and long term. Well, yeah. yeah, safe and not effective. I mean, like, wouldn't you consider safety when you think about when you think about whether or not you're going to give this to your child? The safety is the fact, yeah, it's not going to hurt them. Wait, also, does not it make them sleep? Anything. Does it make them go to sleep? You shake them. Okay. Well, then I'll give it to them. Yeah. You yeah. succussion them. Uh, I, I'm, yeah. Yeah. Every Haven't day. you seen that sign? Never, ever, ever succussion a baby. It's this this is why my kids aren't good at math. It's fine. <laughs> oh, stop. They're terrible at it. They're naturally They're really bad. It's it. not because I shake them. <laughs> I mean, I do shake them. Anyway, move on. Fine. Vaccines, we know that they're made from combinations of biological materials, chemicals, heavy metals, and so forth. So they are potentially toxic. So the safety issue is something we can go over fairly quickly because the answer is clear when you're comparing the two methods. One is non-toxic, the other is potentially toxic. One is something, mm -hmm. the other is potentially something? I have a question. Yes. Is there a homeopathic rabies cure? Hmm, not one that we're using. Yeah. Because people don't want to get fucking rabies. Yeah. So... 
Remember that time you took your dog out, you know, and your dog got rabies? You're like, well, you gave him water yeah. every day. Every so day. he's probably. Sugar water? I dunked a bat in it, yeah. and then that's how you diluted it. You just dunk. I just waterboarding bats in these Get in there, you son of a. Ridiculous. All right, next clip. I said, who's that guy on the other side of the glory hole? It's Jesus. Dash, can we cut a hole in this? I feel like... I don't feel at home. I know. Like, this is a nice clubhouse, but it's just not ours. So, uh, so the, next, the next one is uh, somebody you're all familiar with. Um, he's not Australian. He's a Kiwi. Ray Comfort. Can you tell them apart? The yeah, I, they sound exactly alike to me. Sorry, but, you know, whatever. So, can't understand any of them. Anyway. So this is a minute of dinosaurs, but it, the rest of it is this super really weird analogy about wait, wait, like waiting tables. It's, it's amazing. The Bible doesn't make reference to, to dinosaurs. Something strange is going on. because Obviously, there's dinosaur bones. They were a huge bones. So often people that believe in evolution think that Dinosaur bones are proof the Bible is incorrect. But all you've got to do is study Job 40, verse 15. I heard the scriptures speak of behemoth. Yes, the Bible's one reference to dinosaurs. Ray Comfort is really interested in huge bones. Yeah. I mean, really interested in huge bones. He seems very excited in this clip. What's with the music that he chose for the background? Is it to be purposely distracting? Or? Yeah. <laughs> Some Bible commentators... And the marginals say, this is a hippopotamus. But the scriptures tell us that this largest of creatures that God has made had a tail like a cedar, a huge tail. Well, a hippopotamus doesn't have a huge tail. So it's obviously, in my, in my thought, reference to the dinosaur. Yeah, this, this is a book that thinks insects have four legs. Should we be taking its what word on appendages at this point? So here's our choices. Hippo. Or people walked around with dinosaurs. If anyone needs Occam's razor, I'm using it to shave today. Yeah. <laughs> you fucking kidding me? It's also moveth like a cedar, too. It's not, it's not a cedar. It's moveth like a cedar. I don't know what that means. What, is, what moves like a cedar? Aren't those trees? Don't yeah. they just... They just tree all day. Like, they're just... What? The emphasis of the ministry of living waters and the way of the master is to evangelize the way Jesus did. I like this. The, the way of the master, the way Jesus did. It's like, when you can take the pebble from my... Oh, fuck, it keeps falling through my hand. Yeah. God damn it. <laughs> it's so easy to get. It just, fuck. Okay. But this is Ray. So he's like, when you snatch the banana from my hand. <laughs> and he always lets you get the banana. He always right? lets you get it. Yeah. He offers it so frequently. Yeah. That's, <laughs> someone touched my banana. You should evangelize like Jesus did. Diet 30. And you'll see, <laughs> biblical evangelism is Lord of the proud and grace of the humble. When someone's proud of heart and arrogant and self-righteous, you give them the Ten Commandments. You just say, well, have you ever lied? Have you ever stolen? Have you ever looked with lust? Jesus, this guy talks fast. I feel like he's going to talk me into anal or something. He's you know trying. I mean? like, that's, why, that's why he ends with that lust thing. He's like, have you ever looked with lust? Anyone? Any takers? Anyone looking with lust? Lust? Any lust? No? Anyway, I got a banana. It's, uh... Yeah, right? Here's a, guy, here's a guy with a porn stash making the O face. Like, come on. <laughs> And say, so that's the standard God's going to judge with. Um, if someone's humble of heart, give them the gospel. You can see Jesus doing this with Nicodemus. He was humble of heart, knew the Lord. He was a godly Jew. Or with the rich young ruler that came to Christ, he was arrogant and self-righteous. So in uh, Mark 10, verse 17, Jesus gave him the Ten Commandments of the law. 
Now you may be thinking, man, this is this is kind of difficult. You know, uh, it's confrontational. It's not confrontational. It's just judgy as fuck. Yeah. There's nothing <laughs> confrontational about annoying people with shit they're just gonna throw away later. That's not <laughs> confrontational. That's no, confrontational. You know, you're gonna burn in a lake of fire forever, just forever. But it's confrontational for a reason. Think of Nathan the prophet. He was called to reprove King David. David had broken the commandments. He had lied, he'd coveted, he'd committed adultery, he'd committed murder, and violated so many commandments. So when Nathan came to him, he spoke in the natural realm about a lamb, and then he said, you are the man. Why have you despised the commandment of the Lord? And then David cried, I've sinned against God. Did you just catch David fucking a lamb? I, the, catch? Is David, David was showing off. Is David a Kiwi too? <laughs> King David kind of sounds like my kind of guy. Up until the murder point, I was right, I was right there with him. It's a little dextery, but you know. <laughs> and then Nathan brought the good news. Nevertheless, you shall not die. God has put away your sin. Well, there is the formula for biblical evangelism. We start in the natural realm, maybe uh, evolution or whatever, and then we swing to the spiritual and personalize sin and say, you're the man. Why have you despised the commandment of the Lord? And once there's a knowledge of sin, they cry, God, forgive me. There's a humble heart. That's when you bring the good news of the gospel. Nevertheless, you shall not die. God has put away your sin. For God so loved the world, etc. Etc. I feel like we're blown to the fine print here. <laughs> I, feel like, I feel like I'm signing up for something I shouldn't. Who preaches with etc.? Yeah. Like that's his, <laughs> Anyway, you guys know the rest, etc., etc. Just fill in the blanks. A tithe or something, whatever. 10%. Now, the confrontational aspect, if you study um, what happens when you go to a, a restaurant, think of this. You go to a restaurant with a friend to speak personal business. And as you're speaking, suddenly some stranger comes up and says, can I take your order? You don't turn to him and say, excuse me, I was talking to my friend, very personal business, and you just walk up, button, and say, can I take your order? Get out of here, you're very rude. Who the fuck does that? <laughs> You're at a restaurant. Yeah. Like, did you like? Did you not notice the place you chose to sit down and have this conversation? Like, uh, excuse the hell out of me. I'm in your place of business. Oh yeah, it's a restaurant. Okay, yeah. I want some sandwiches. <laughs> fuck. That doesn't happen. Why not? Well, the waiter knows that you're there, and he has something for something that he has. <laughs> Let me play that again. That doesn't happen. Why not? Well, the waiter knows that you're there, and he has something for something that he has. Nailed it. Nailed it. He has something for something that he has. Antibiotics for venereal disease. Probably with that porn stash that's required. You're there for food, okay? And that's where his confidence is. He just knows you're there for food. That's why he's bold. You a question about what you want to eat. That's not bold. That's his actual, like, if he doesn't do that, he's not at work today. What? He's a waiter. <laughs> this is a great metaphor. He's um, now, imagine this. Question. We have a brand new waiter. It's his first day, and the, the manager says, see those businessmen over there with ties and suits discussing important business? Go up and take your order. Yeah, that's, uh, that's his, that sounds like my kid. When my kid comes with me to work, he'll sit at my desk sometimes, he'll sit at my desk at work, and he'll Grab the phone and the computer and say, business and numbers, numbers and business. <laughs> he does that because he's 10. <laughs> he understands better. He's 10. This is a waiter. What did he think he was signing up for when he got the job as a waiter? Admittedly, that's all Tom does at work, too, is just scream business. I just yell business and numbers. It's gotten me pretty damn far. Yeah, I tell you what. 
a new way to say, I just, I can't do it. So the manager says, you're fired. <laughs> and metaphor. You're literally the most replaceable person ever. <laughs> so the manager says, Jose, come here. <laughs> yeah, you just heard that. <sighs> right? Yeah. They don't have Jose's here. This is Australia. <laughs> I love this. It's, it, it's Jose. I, I thought it was the waiter, not the bus boy. Oh, no. Tom. What? He got promoted. <laughs> they fired the last guy. <laughs> yeah, for not taking any fucking orders. <laughs> I don't know what I was here for. He says, Jose's done this for years. He's very experienced. Tell him what to do. Show him, Jose. Jose walks up to the businessman and says, excuse me, can I take your order? They stop what they're doing mid-sentence and say, yeah, yeah, sure, we'd like this, 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 and this, thank you. And the new waiter says, wow, that was confrontational, but it worked. <laughs> this is literally the, the waiter's first time he's ever been in a restaurant. Yeah, what a, weird, what a strange career choice. Like, I have never been to one of these newfangled food ordering places. They'll never work. This will never catch on. It's like being on the main stage at a conference for the first time. All right, let, next clip. Right, move next on, clip. Move on. Next don't, clip. don't draw attention. Everything is going so now well. Go to Romans chapter two, and let me show you an experienced waiter, the Apostle Paul. Apostle Paul was a sick waiter. <laughs> I mean, that dude can carry plates up and down his arm. Never wrote anything down. He was bad at it until he had that moment, right? And then switched over. <laughs> Firstly, he begins by being very confrontive and personal about sin. He says, uh, you think you're going to escape the judgment of God? You call others a hypocrite and you sin yourself? He says, God's going to render to every man according to his deeds, to them the contentious and obey not the truth, tribulation and anguish and wrath. There's nothing seeker-friendly about his words. He doesn't put aside words like sin and judgment. No, he's personal and confrontational. That's a weird list of specials for the day. It- <laughs> I, I don't know what to tip after. I never know what to tip after this. <laughs> All right, so that was Ray Comfort. We're going to play the next clip here. Wakefield is not just any researcher. His 1998 study on autism and childhood vaccines literally changed the way many parents think about vaccines. The study was based on just 12 children. That's right, 12 children. But many parents desperate for answers around the world embraced Wakefield's claim that he found a link between autism and the vaccine for measles, mumps, and rubella. We had some great talks today about vaccines. There was some really great stuff. This lady that this we're isn't gonna, one of them. We're going to play. This is you. not. This is not one of them. Lady, we're going to play for you uh, is someone who's an activist here in Australia. Her name's Meryl Dory. Oh, people oh. know her. Good that for that you. Got something. Good for you. So she's being interviewed on a show. On uh, uh, we found this on YouTube. So she's being interviewed. So there's another voice there. But Meryl Dory is who's uh, who we're going to be talking about. In Disneyland, they've got me a measles outbreak. There, there are people that have been vaccinated have caught the measles. There's there are alarm bells going that people that are unvaccinated might are warned not to come along. So what's the lowdown, please? Well, you know, it's hard not to imagine that this is a bit of a beat up because there have been possibly 89 cases of measles in Disneyland. We don't know how many of them are in the vaccinated. We're getting 
differing stories depending on who you listen to. And I don't know how many of these cases have actually been diagnosed by a laboratory or are they just diagnosed um, using clinical symptoms? And if so, then a lot of that can be wrong. Yeah, really. Doctors just using symptoms to figure out what's wrong with you. Like, <laughs> that'll never catch on. What is this wizardry you're doing? Yeah, you seem to be actually, covered in some sort of measles. I don't know <laughs> what we should call this. Actually, I mean, like, it, it's really not funny, though. What she's doing there is trying to discredit the, the medical industry, not just measles, not just the measles vaccine, but also discredit the medical industry in general by saying that they can't even diagnose measles. Well, this is that impossible standard shit that they do all yeah. the time where it's like it's, it's convenient. When it's convenient for them, everything has to come from some kind of lab test or right. study or, you know, when it's inconvenient, like homeopathy is full of magic water that you got to bang against the table or whatever. Yeah. No, 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 we don't all work just to it. But regardless, there have been no deaths. Um, there's been no reason to panic. And in fact, in the last 10 years in the United States, there have been a total of just under 1,600 cases of measles reported to the Centers for Disease Control and no deaths from any of those measles. And over the same time period, there have been over 80 people who died because of the measles vaccination. This is according to the Vaccine Adverse Events Reporting System. Yeah, 1,600 cases of measles and then you're talking about zero deaths from that. But, like, how many people were vaccinated in that time? Well, it, it's also, uh, what I love is this idea that the only thing that counts is when people die, which means that nobody here has ever had a bad day, yeah. right? <laughs> right? You, nothing bad has ever happened to anybody alive. Because the only thing that they're counting as, an, as, as something yeah, worth noting exactly. is a death, exactly. right? So you're just like, yeah, how was your day? Well, I had my leg blown off, but I didn't die, so it's pretty good. <laughs> It's fine. Chuck that one on the window column. At least I don't have the measles. Yeah. <laughs> so if we're going to be concerned about anything, I would be a heck of a lot more concerned about why it is we're not hearing about these deaths after vaccination. You, you, what? you literally just mentioned it. Yeah. I don't know. I guess we're hearing about it. We're now. hearing about it when we heard it out yeah. loud. Why aren't we hearing about things that she's making up and telling us about? I don't know when she makes it up. I wish somebody, I wish the government would come, come clean about these top secret deaths that everybody knows about. That would be, you know? it would be nice. It would be nice. Um, that I am about the fact that some people have measles. I'm 56 years old, and I can tell you that everybody I knew when I was growing up had measles, and it was nothing. Uh, not only was it nothing, but our parents wanted us to get it. Um, when my older sisters got measles, I was put in bedroom with them so that I would get it too, and I did. And it was a non-event. It's a good way to parent, you know, like if you're going to take one kid to the, to the ER for stitches, might as well beat the other one up, too. right? <laughs> All right, everybody get in line and break your arm. Yeah. Come on. I want to get this out of the way. Uh, and then well, you won't break an arm again. It's a whole... I love the idea that, like, they're, they're giving a kid a disease. Like, ah, it's a non-event. Well, yeah, unless they go blind or sterile or something. But anyway... <laughs> or die. Yeah, it's yeah. fine. Anyway, just go enjoy those diseases that you didn't have to get it's, at all. And... and and so, on the one hand, the earlier measles outbreaks that she was talking about, those are rare, and measles cases are rare, but they're only rare because of herd immunity, because, you know, that's, that's the only reason that they're right. actually rare, right. and it's because of these people that they're, 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 they wind up breaking that herd. Well, they probably drank a lot of water from that first guy earlier, and that's why they've got, they're fine. It's fine. They're well hydrated, kids. You know, the MMR vaccine is the one they say uh, includes the measles vaccination. Yeah, it's, 
the M, the first M in MMR. They say, I'm paying attention to those guys with their acronyms for stuff. And, and hasn't that been perhaps the most suspect of all the vaccines? I mean, a lot of people that say autism is being caused by vaccines um, seem to point to the MMR vaccine. vaccine. Hmm. Yes, there have been tests done, um, and, and any vaccine can lead to autism. It's not just the measles, mumps, rubella, but when the vaccine for MMR was introduced in the late 80s, all of a sudden we had a large increase in the rate of children who were diagnosed as being in the autistic spectrum. Before that, it was so rare that most people never would have known. It's a good look. I like it. This is a good look. I, I, hope, I hope I don't get autism through it. I got I feel like I got Alzheimer's, though, for the aluminum. <laughs> Nah, I'm just forgetful because I don't give a shit about stuff. <laughs> ...is autistic, and today, um, autism is very common. Um, as a matter of fact, the latest estimate from the United States is that by 2025, one child in two will be autistic. So 50% of the children are estimated to be autistic by 2025. That's not how graphs work. That one in two. Yeah. One in two. You get, you get twins, like, all right, which one of you? Pick, yeah. pick, <laughs> pick. It's the weak one. It's always the little weak one, the run to the litter. Good thing about that many autistic people, there's going to be a lot less accidents because they'll all be really good drivers. It's true. And we'll know what time Wapner's on. Yeah. And if we need to count the toothpicks, boom, like that, we'll know exactly how many. There's an upside to everything. So we have a vaccine that's been shown to not be as effective as it should have been. We have case after case after case where outbreaks occur in the fully vaccinated and when they even start in the fully vaccinated. And we have Disneyland where 90 cases or less of measles were diagnosed, not one death. And um, there is a big call out there to take away any exemptions. They're trying to take away the religious yeah. exemptions in the United States because vaccination is compulsory there. Yeah, that's what they're trying to do. That's, we need more vaccinated people. Like, religious exemptions don't make any sense. Remember when Jesus was like, hey, you know, because I love you, you don't have smallpox anymore. Yeah. No, that was vaccines. That's why we don't have smallpox. I forgot. I get real mixed up because religion has literally nothing to do with it. I, I, like, I like that they're talking about how it's compulsory. It sounds like 1940 Germany for anti-vaxxers. It's like, let me see your schedule. <laughs> I know nothing. And to possibly even jail parents who have made an informed choice not to vaccinate. And may I add, many of these parents uh, have a child or a family member who is already vaccine injured or was killed by vaccines. Yeah, there's some other things more likely to kill you than a vaccine, Cecil, which would include everything in Australia, everything here, <laughs> everything. You have sent us extensive lists. Didn't say vaccines anywhere on there. They just walk up, they open the door to the hospital, it's just a giant sausage grinder that they're walking through. It'd be, it's, like, it's like you go to get your jab and it's just a snake, and just like, <laughs> we, we vaccinated this Taipan and that would just make it bite you. In the name of Jesus, we speak that. So this gentleman is a famous Australian that moved to the United States and thanks. built a giant ark in Kentucky. Yeah, thanks, guys. 
It's amazing. It's out of business now. <laughs> They're going to turn it into a water park. So a water arc? Yeah. <laughs> it's right there. It's so, right there. Again, uh, uh, religious people love to talk about dinosaurs. So this is Ken talking about dinosaurs. We visited. We did. We went. We drove down to Kentucky. We on purpose. Yeah. Nobody goes to Kentucky. You leave Kentucky yeah. on purpose. Yeah. You don't go. Yeah. We went. That thing is massive mm-hmm. and filled with weird animals that don't exist. Yeah. The, the, the best one, I think, was the shellless They had a shellless turtle. It was a turd animal. I mean, it was just like this. It looked like a living poop. Yeah. And then they had a bunch of short-necked giraffes and velociraptors right next to them. Their so. birdcage section was my favorite because they just had these rattan cages, and inside of them all they had these speakers making bird sounds, but they didn't bother to, like, put stuffed birds in any of them. So they were just, <laughs> you just walked by, it's like, tweet, tweet. Like, I guess that's where they put a bird. I don't know. And then they had an, an extensive plaque, like an, a plaque on the wall that talked about where they put all the poo. So it was, and they, had a, they had like a ye oldie uh, broom yeah. by that plaque. And you're like, a broom? Yeah, a broom. Really? <laughs> I got a dog and I'm not using a broom. We got a zebra <laughs> up in that fucking thing. All right, so this is Ken Ham. What really happened to the dinosaurs? Many people are perplexed by the topic of dinosaurs. Where did they come from? When did they live? What happened to them? You see, when you dig up a dinosaur skeleton, it doesn't come with a label attached saying, hi, I'm 65 million years old and this is what happened to me. We have to interpret that skeleton in relation to the past. No, that's not how you do it. No. You know who's not perplexed? Paleontologists. Yeah, right. Not, you know, they've got that one pretty much down. They don't interpret the skeleton. They study it and they fucking radiocarbon date it and they look at the fucking strata of the rock that it's in and they do other science-related things that I don't generally understand. Yeah. <laughs> They're not like, I don't know, it looks old. Did you check the label? It, Is it? What the fuck? <laughs> you guys sent this guy to us. Yeah, he's got these weird, like, hair patches that are, like, right under his eyes. I don't know if you guys have seen this. Like, he can't grow a beard. It's like Australia, right on his... It's like Australia, right here, and then there's the ocean. So where did dinosaurs come from? What happened to them? When did they live? I want to show you that when you take God at his word in the book of Genesis, that we can explain dinosaurs, and observational science actually confirms that explanation based upon the Bible. See, the Bible tells us that God made the land animals on day six of creation. And who else was created on day six? Well, Adam and Eve. And how long ago was that? Well, when you add up all the dates in the Bible, about 6,000 years. Really? I want to make fun of this, but four in 10 Americans believe the earth is 10,000 years old. I'm just going to sit here quietly wait for next week's mass shooting. So. <laughs> well, we're going to have one. Wait, I didn't You're know we... invited. I didn't know we got a week off. That's nice. That's nice. Where did we schedule that? That's good. It's like seven in ten politicians that believe this shit, so that's nice. That's, we're all going to die. All right. So taking God and his word in Genesis, dinosaurs lived beside people about 6,000 years ago. And they were vegetarian to start with. Genesis chapter 1 verse 29 tells us that all the animals were vegetarian. That's gross. Lions make a mean coleslaw. <laughs> the T-Rex is trying to get the salad tongs with its little arm. It's just... Rows and rows of six-inch dagger teeth. They're just like, these fucking carrots. <laughs> <laughs> From the side, trying to... Fuck. 
I wonder, if they, I wonder if they had the faux meat stuff back then. The soy yeah, meat? Yeah, like the soy meat. Where's Eli? He would know. Yeah. He doesn't eat food. But then Adam sinned, and because of sin, everything changed. The whole of creation now groans because of sin. You like that creation? <laughs> In fact, after the event of Noah's flood, God told Noah that now humans could eat meat, could eat animal flesh. But before that time, they were instructed only to be vegetarian. Yeah, okay. So uh, if anyone's counting at home, that's sin one. No sin, vegetarianism. <laughs> I get a steak because they ate an apple. I don't know how that math plays out, but they can eat all the bushels of apples they want. <laughs> I got steak out of this thing. <laughs> After Noah, they, they, that is when they started to eat meat. So beforehand, all those people who fucked themselves to death and got washed away were all vegetarians. No wonder why they did that. Well, the, their lives weren't worth anything anyway. I wouldn't, even, I wouldn't make a fucking raft if I could <laughs> I'd see it raining, I'd be like, oh, thankfully, oh, <laughs> drown me. So sometime after sin, obviously animals started changing their diets as well. <laughs> There's just a snake daintily eating one grape after another <laughs> to his friend. You know, Larry, these aren't doing it for me. <laughs> There's like a lion. It's like, you know, hey, I'm just going to go ahead and eat an antelope. That's what I, it, it's so convenient that I happen to be built exactly like something that eats an antelope. <laughs> if a grizzly bear goes on the South Beach diet, does that make it a gay bear? Oh. <laughs> That's funny, come on. Says this and the guy, Bible tells right? us that there was a global flood and two of every kind of land-dwelling, air-breathing animal went on board the boat that Noah built, Noah's Ark. Now, people often say, wait a minute, there are hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of dinosaur kinds. No, there might be hundreds of dinosaur names, and many of those names are given to different variations within a dinosaur kind. But when you actually work through it, there's probably less than 50 dinosaur kinds the T-Rex type kind, the raptor type kind, the sauropod type kind, and so it goes on. Yeah, that's it, yeah. The T-Rex type kind. <laughs> that's just a T-Rex. <laughs> it's a specific one. He didn't, even, he didn't even bother to open a book. <laughs> <laughs> when we really work through them, in other words, when we make this shit up off the top of our heads, anyway, the whole thing. And the other thing to remember is that the average size of a dinosaur is only the size of a sheep or a German shepherd dog or a small pony or something like that. Or an elephant or a zeppelin or a loaf of bread or, or a weed whacker. <laughs> All of those are different shaped things that he named. The average size was one of three different shape sizes. Anyway, put him in a cage unit of some kind. What? You see, some of the dinosaurs did grow large, like the sauropods, but even they hatched from eggs and were once young adults, and so would not have been that large. Actually, there was plenty of room on board Noah's Ark for two of every kind of the dinosaur kind. Does this feel a little like if there's scales on the field to play ball? Oh. Right? I mean, there's like... <laughs> he just seems really interested in the youngsters. Was he Catholic? I don't... Was God Catholic? a T-Rex get to third base without long arms? That's what I'm wondering. It's, just, it's a stretch. <laughs> yes. Yes. And I'm sure that God chose those young adults that were... Religious people choose young adults all the time. <laughs> ...for the new world, to populate the new world. 
What happened to those land animals that didn't go on board the ark? They were drowned. Many of them turned into the fossils. But dinosaur fossils we find, most of them probably come from the time of the flood over 4,300 years ago. And therefore, they're only thousands of years old, not millions of years old. Now, they're thousands of years old. If you insist thousands is the only option available, yeah. right? Like, well, I had to die sometime in the last 6,000 years because that's all I'm... They're, allowing as an opportunity. What's crazy is that they, they actually disagree. There's, there's young earth creationists. There's some that say it's under 10, and there's some that say it's six. It's like, it's right in your fucking book. What, you can't read it? Well, yeah, but they have to, don't they have to, like, add all that add shit all up, all up and extrapolate yeah. it and carry the four? Yeah. It's difficult. It's, it's just, this is tough shit. Those that came off the ark started to spread out over the earth. And then, because of changing conditions, many animals have become extinct, including the dinosaurs. Really, for animals to become extinct is nothing new. We see it happening every year. It's almost like there's a process that selects certain animals. <laughs> we should have a name. It's a natural sort of a thing. I mean, look, what a slap in the face to know. He's like swabbing all this dinosaur shit on the boat. I'm saving these fuckers. And like 20 minutes later, God's like, oh, no, I changed my mind. All those kinds are dead. Yeah, those are gone. <laughs> yeah, great, thanks. We do witness a lot of a lot of extinctions. Um, how many reefs you guys got down? <laughs> Zero. I see that right there. Now, is there any evidence that's consistent with that explanation of dinosaurs? No. No. Short answer: No. 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 Made it up. Actually, there is lots of evidence consistent with that. We have dragon legends all over the earth, just as we have flood legends. Flood legends attest to the fact there was a real flood. Arthurian legends are tests that the fact that there was a real Merlin. So. That's true. That's why I believe in magic. Yeah. And drop bear legends. I'm always pulling out my wand. Real drop bears. Right? <laughs> Harry Potter legends. Dragon legends attest to the fact there were real animals called dragons, and the descriptions of those creatures in many instances fit the dinosaurs. And then there are cave paintings all over the earth done by people hundreds of years ago who drew animals that they were familiar with. And some of those paintings look just like the dinosaurs. Those were terrible paintings, too. That shit you wouldn't even hang up on your fucking refrigerator if your kid drew it. Well, you'd hang it up, but you'd shame him for it later, like a good parent would. You know? I hear good things about Puff the Magic Dragon, though. That's like, that's a dragon I can get down with. And you know, there's even indication in the Bible of a dinosaur that lived beside a man after the flood. Go and read the book of Job, Job chapter 40, verse 15. Behemoth, the largest land animal God made, the description fits something like a sauropod dinosaur living with Job after the flood. I want to see that version of Lassie, you know, <laughs> right. walking around with a giant sauropod, call it Nessie, you know. You know, there's, there's vampire stories out there, too. Does that mean there's really blood-sucking monsters? Other than my ex-wife? I mean, just... Like, just... <laughs> We've also found in our present world dinosaur bones with what appear to be red blood cells and soft tissue still in them, indicating they can't be millions of years old. We thought this was bullshit. We're like, yeah, that's bullshit. It actually is true. They did find some with soft tissue. But again, this is one of those moments where they're choosing this thing that science has found and they're rejecting literally all of the rest of the stuff. And they're not listening to the scientist who found it. Yeah. Because when we looked it up, the scientist who found it was incensed that young Earth creationists are using this. She's like, that's not what this means at all. You're <laughs> stupid. You're a stupid person. <laughs> she's furious about it, actually. And she's a Christian. <laughs> all right, last clip. We are running out of time. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers. I want the truth. You can't handle 
the truth. So we brought an American with us. Now, this is a person by the name of Mark Taylor who's going to talk about some numerology in the Bible. Get out your calculators. It gets deep. Uh, what you flew all over you with these five, the five presidents. What, what came to you? And you got an actual prophecy from, from them. What came to you, my friend? Yeah, I, uh, I'm not done with the prophecy yet. So I, the only thing I can release is, is what, what I believe the Lord can, tells me I can release right now at this point. The Lord's release schedule is very, very hush hush. Walking, yeah, yeah. How, how are you not done with your prophecy yet? Like, are you going to finish that prophecy or what? Oh, man, it's based on that prophecy. Fuck. Um, you know, I, I don't get a written prophecy about everything. I didn't get a written prophecy so much about the tribunals. It's just something the Lord told me was coming. I don't know how to write. I'm sorry. Don't know what those squiggles are. Is that you? Yeah, fucked up my mic. And right now, this is what the Lord tells me he's coming with these X-5 presidents. And as I was looking at the picture, they were doing this Hurricane Harvey, uh, was it uh, relief effort or whatever it was. They're trying to raise money for Hurricane Harvey. But we all know that's a bunch of lies. Except for the money they raised for Hurricane Harvey, which <laughs> happened. And then they gave it to them. It's but, okay. No, they were all just chipping in for Hillary's new email server. <laughs> <laughs> these guys care less about about people. It's about their agenda. They, they disguised it as a relief effort for Hurricane Harvey victims, and they go in there and they trash Donald Trump. Well, I've said this before. I'll say it again. The Bible says, do not touch my anointed, but especially my prophets. And these guys have now touched God's anointed Donald Trump. They used it as a platform to go in there and attack. I don't want to think of Donald Trump anointed ever. Like, it's, could you imagine be like putting like oil on a chicken before you put it in the oven. It's like oiling oil. How does that even work? It's just, you can't even tell when it's done. Nobody wants to touch Donald Trump. Can you imagine the masseuse? They're just looking like, do I have to get in the folds? <laughs> I'm going to need more gloves. Like, <laughs> my gloves need gloves. Well, as I was looking at the picture, it wasn't that picture that I saw. It was the five presidents. The three younger ones were in the middle, and it was Bush 41 and Carter on the ends. Carter on both ends? That's a weird human centipede. Caliente. <laughs> Weirder human centipede. Weird. That weird. first one was already weird. And the Lord told me, he says, Mark, I want you to go back and I want you to count how many years total that these guys have uh, in office. And it was 32 years because the two outside ones, the older ones, only had one term each. So it was 32 years. Now he says, look up the number 32 in the Bible. Number 32 in the Bible means covenant. Yeah, if you... Uh, look in the glossary section yeah. or something like <laughs> where in the index? I don't where does it say that this is what does every number up to wait? Where does that stop? Like, OK, what is the number? Nine million three. What? <laughs> Fuck. It seems exhausting. And he says the covenant that these five presidents have had with that entity called <clears throat> Baal, because Baal is the strong man over America, is going to be broken. And then he said two of these ex-presidents will be taken and three will be shaken. Yeah, well, two of them are 93 years old. It's like a baby. You shake them at the end of the yeah, life, exactly. at the beginning, the beginning of the of life. life. Yeah. yeah, it's fine. Yeah. One of them's like only being alive, like kept alive through virginal transfusions at this point. I'm going to have to get that number. Yeah. Hang on. <laughs> write that down. You give your problem. Two will be taken. Two, two, two will be taken. In other words, God's going to remove two. And three will be shaken. Now, I want to explain that. That doesn't mean assassination Please or anything do. like that. God's just going to take these guys home, period. He's going to remove them. And it will be assigned for certain things. The other three will be shaken. 
And I believe that two of them will run risk of going to prison. And the third one will also be shaken uh, due to having to testify or legal issues or whatever the case may be. Prophecy sounds weirdly party line. <laughs> this, this is a really specific prophecy. He should have, he should have gone back and gotten this one in writing because yeah. this doesn't make any sense at all. Now, I don't know if all three of those will go to prison, but I believe there's a very good possibility that two of them, two out of the three, could face jail time because of what they've done. Do you so, believe again, two will be taken, three will be shaken. Now, here's what I, I, I sense. I'm not prophesying this. Here's what I sense about the two that will be taken. Once the first one goes, the second one will not be far behind the first one. That's just what I sense. They're 90 years old. They're going to die any moment. After the first one goes, it's impolite to go that much further. So, you know, like, come on. You can't time it exactly, but. All right. So we're almost out of time. We want to thank. First, we want to thank uh, the Skepticon. It has been amazing. You people have been great. Incredible. Thank you so much. You guys have been great. Everybody who's running this, it's been amazing. Uh, Tom and I, we normally do this show uh, from a tiny little room. It's just me and my best friend talking for an hour. And we want to thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, we are going to leave you, though, like we always do. Tom is going to read the Skeptic's Creed. So right. I'm going to play. Thank you so much, Tom. Skeptic's Creed. Credulity is not a virtue. It's fortune cookie cutter, mommy issue, hypno-Babylon bullshit. Couched in scientician, double bubble, toil and trouble, pseudo-quasi-alternative, acupunctuating, pressurized, stereogram, Pyramidal, free energy, healing, water, downward spiral, brain, deadpan, sales pitch, late night info, docutainment. Leo, Pisces, cancer cures, detox, reflex, foot massage, death in towers, tarot cards, psychic healing, crystal balls, Bigfoot, Yeti, aliens, churches, mosques, and synagogues, temples, dragons, giant worms, Atlantis, dolphins, truthers, birthers, witches, Wizards, vaccine nuts, shaman healers, evangelists, conspiracy, doublespeak, stigmata, nonsense. Expose your sides, thrust your hands, bloody, evidential, conclusive. Doubt even this. Thanks so much. The shit stinks. Oh. Oh. It's a horror. It's a we horror. love you guys. Thank you. Thank you.